Welcome into another edition of the Section 113 podcast as the Blazers road trip continues. The road struggles have been continuing as well after a disappointing finish against Indiana. The Blazers head to Toronto to face the Raptors on Sunday. And really, the last about month has been a long, long stretch away from home. And you think about it, two home games over the span of 28 days. That's a really tough stretch. And it's showing on the court a little bit of this team being a bit tired. You know, the the, the late game situations have been a challenge of late. You look at it against Golden State. You look at it against uh, the Pacers, against the Timberwolves. It's been tough down the stretch. Everybody is looking forward to getting home. Everybody's looking forward to that stretch between January 9th and the beginning of February where the Blazers only play one road game. And between January 9th and March 1st, the Blazers only play six road games. So a lot of opportunity at home. The hope is that the home games are going to help turn the record around a little bit. The hope is is that players are going to come back healthier, that we'll eventually see GP2 back, we'll eventually see Justice Winslow back, we'll eventually see your Nasir Little back. I don't know when that's going to happen, but the hope is is that that is sooner rather than later and this team can get back into a groove. Back down to 500, second time this year, they're 19-19, and 19. Uh, a game against the Raptors team on Sunday that has been struggling of late. They've lost 11 of their last 13. They've lost seven of their last eight at home. And it's an opportunity with the schedule getting a little bit lighter as things get home to get things back on the right track. All right, today on the Section 113 podcast, we're going to be joined by Trailblazers assistant coach Rodney Billups. Uh, coach, it's been, a, it's been a long road trip. We've been on the road uh, let's see, we'll have had two home games in 28 days by the time we get home. Uh, how are you feeling through all this? That's crazy. I, I never, never even thought about it like that. Uh, but we hit Denver. We hit some of my favorite places. I'm from Denver. Uh, so we hit Denver for quite a bit right before Christmas. Um, we got to spend New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day in Portland. So it doesn't feel like it's been that long uh, with the holidays, but it's a it's it's a lot. This is my first full season with the team, so it's it's been a huge adjustment for me. Yeah, and you, we're we're kind of in a similar position. I have two young kids at home. You've got a young son. It's it's tough, man. That's the hardest part for me. What's that been like for you trying to FaceTime? I know family's been traveling a bit, but how has that been with you dealing with, with family in this spot? Literally, literally FaceTime dad right now. Yeah. Um, my family's back in Denver, uh, so being back in Denver for Christmas was amazing. But, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. And seeing my son do different things and new things every single day, uh, it, it hits the heart a little different. But... You know, it's, it's it's part of the life we chose, and uh, you kind of just take it in stride and, and make sure those days during the summertime or when we have days off, you know, you capitalize on that time that you get to spend. Yeah. Uh, for you, like, being an assistant coach, you're not front and center. You've been a head coach. You've, you've been the guy. You know what that's like. This is different now. Uh, most of the assistant coaches don't get a lot of face time, right? People know Scott Brooks because he was an NBA head coach. You were an assistant at Colorado. You were a head coach at Denver, a scout for a little bit. This is a new role for you, and like you said, your first full season. What's that adjustment been like to NBA life and being in a spot that you've always wanted to be in? Well, it's been a, a moment of growth for me. You know, 
being able to learn every single day from our older assistant coaches, uh, being able to grow with with coach uh, every single day, and, and being the assistant that I always wanted. And, you know, whether that's being in the front, you know, running staff meetings or, or taking 15 minutes of practice just to just to explain my, my ideas to the team or just being in the back and, and uh, being a fly on the wall. It's, it's been very humbling, to say the least, after being able to call my own timeouts for five years. But it's it's also been very uh, motivative just to be able to learn and, and grow and uh, hear different things and share my ideas and uh, not take anything personal when it's, when, when my ideas aren't taken. Uh, so it's it's been good. I, I, I'm loving every second of it. Being in the Pac-12 as long as you were, um, you coached a lot of guys that are in the league right now. You coached against a lot of guys that are in the league right now. How has that helped you to be at this point and to, to be a, a, a quality assistant coach knowing some of these guys that you're coaching against? You know, from a skill development standpoint, you know, in the Pac-12, well, my first year as an assistant, I was in the Big 12 where it was just pure out brute, you know, uh, the athleticism and strength of the guys in the Big 12 is very different than the skill and and, and shooting ability in the Pac-12. So seeing both, you know, with Coach Alec Burks, who's with the Detroit Pistons now in the Big 12, then Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Derek White, uh, Andre Roberson, who, who had a, a really good career before injury at Oklahoma City with Coach Brooks. Having coached those guys and preparing those guys for this moment, uh, it definitely helped with guys like Shea, guys like Jabari, guys, our young guys on our roster, Keon Johnson, just being able to communicate with them, uh, share, you know, my experience with them in college because those kids are exactly the same age of the kids that I coached for 12 years um, and trying to teach life through the game and, you know, give them responsibility and hold them accountable, accountable for it. Uh, the 30-year-old guys don't want to hear that kind of stuff. So being able to, to just, you know, uh, grow those guys uh, every day with just a philosophy of, all right, we're going to teach them life. And regardless of if you miss or make a shot, all right, you got to be on time. Uh, coaches, one of coaches' rules is, all right, be on time. And we get to hold them accountable to that. You mentioned Jabari, and I was reading an article about when, when you were, a, for a brief time, you were a scout with Milwaukee and, and Jabari obviously with a Colorado connection, but you had an opportunity to scout him before he was in the NBA. To see his growth, especially recently, he's become a rebounding machine. He's been really aggressive. To see his growth, what have, what did you see from him when he was young, and what have you seen from him now? Well, I didn't exactly see his, uh, his impact being this soon. Uh, we knew coming from Colorado uh, that he can rebound outside of his area and that he can shoot the college three. Um, we saw in the summer league that he can really rebound. He has a great feel for cutting. He could actually move his feet on def on defense, and he could, you know, make some big-time shots coming off the bench cold. And from summer league until now, he's just been in the gym working every single day, not complaining about anything, just, just putting his head down and working. So it's really good to see him have this bit of success this early but we never thought about it. You know, we knew he was a pro. We knew he was going to play as hard as he could for as long as he could. Uh, and that's really the expectation. But he's been giving us some unbelievable minutes so far. 
You know, with, with this team of late, it's been a struggle down the stretch, right? And there are, there are a lot of things I'm sure you could look at, injuries, length of time on the road, uh, all kinds of things. But what, what do you see late in games on the offensive end where the Blazers just haven't been able to score in those situations, last night being one of them, Golden State? Where do you, what do you see that, that the, the problems have been? We're just not knocking shots down. You know, we're getting great looks. Uh, guys, are their feet are set. They're able to – we're able to execute and uh, get the shots that, that the offense produce. We just haven't made them. And uh, it's not it's, – it's a miss or make league. And, and I heard that term last year. Didn't really understand it. But now is you look at our games last night and um, – we, we, we missed our last nine shots. Golden State, we missed our last 13 or flip-flop, however it went. But guys, are we're prepared to make those shots. We just haven't made them. And uh, some nights it'll be us, some nights it'll be our opponent. But we're right where we need to be. We're, we're in these games. We're not uh, for one second out of them because of our own mistakes or, or because of what the team has done. We're just missing shots, uh, and that'll change. We got a dynamic player in Dame. We got an unbelievable offensive player in Ant Simons and, and Jeremy has playing really well too. So that that that'll turn. Not really worried about it. We just gotta continue to, to stay in our process and continue to, to give ourselves a chance defensively. You you look at the the makeup of this team and you mentioned, you know, three guys who can score twenty, thirty, forty in any any given night. When when Dame was out, Jeremy and Ant took over. And those guys were were, were money. Ben Dame comes back, and there's still only one ball to go around between the three of them. You still have Josh Hart. You still have Nurk. You still have guys that are coming in off the bench. Has it been a challenge to run the offense and get enough touches in the right spot for the right guy? Because there, there's a lot more deferring on this team than I've seen in years past. How much of a challenge has that been for those three guys to, when they've all been the number one before, to, depending on the situation, be the number one, the number two, or the number three? It's probably a lot harder for for the guys on the court with Dame than it is for us in practice or for us in film sessions with our guys because they all understand how good Dame is and they don't want to let Dame down. And uh, you, you see some possessions where Ant or Jeremy's on the floor with Dame and they kind of, you know, they just look at him like, like, go ahead, you got it. I've seen you do it for, you know, countless times. Uh, but Dame, in actuality, is trying to make the right play and and get those guys going and and for them to be aggressive. So it's 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 almost a miscommunication uh, sometimes out there on the floor because Dame is so selfless that he wants those guys to to be aggressive and and make shots and take shots. Uh, so it's yeah it's it's, it's a little bit of uh, those guys trying to find the camaraderie between the three, but also you know. It's Dame, you know, so trying to trying to do right by him and, and uh, play through him and for him. With Toronto, uh, the final game on this trip, they've got a lot of length. They don't have a lot of size. They've got a lot of length, especially on the wings. They have guys who can score. Uh, Van Vliet is a great scorer, but he's also a volume guy. Players around here familiar with Gary Trent Jr. And then, you know, Siakam, Ananobi, Barnes. Just how difficult is is the length of this Raptors team to deal with? I don't know necessarily the length uh, opposed to the physicality. You know, defensively, they're going to do a whole bunch of things to, to, to muck the game up. 
They're going to foul every possession. They're going to pressure. They're going to trap. They're going to switch. They're going to do a lot of different things that's going to try to keep us off balance. Uh, so we got to make them play like Portland and not Portland play like Toronto um, and just impose our will on the game and, and not get sped up because they do they do, do some things that are, are, are tricky. Uh, and if you're not locked in, you can start playing like them. Uh, so it's not it's this game, just like Indiana, just like Minnesota, just like our last several games. It's not about them more as it is about us and, and us, you know, stepping in with the right mindset and staying mindset and staying composed through it through it all. Whether we make shots or miss shots, we just got to guard because we'll we'll be able to guard well enough and score enough points to win. We just have to just stick with it. Working with Chauncey. Do you see it as working for him, working with him? The, the guys that I've talked to have talked about the connectivity of, of this team and that, hey, you ask one coach a question, you're getting the same answer from everybody. What's it been like working with your brother? Well, uh, it's not exactly working for my brother. Uh, it's working for Coach Billups and working with Coach Billups because it's very – in our staff meetings in practice, in our preparation for games or practice, uh, it's a business and – I want to see the Blazers win as much as I want to see Coach Billups win. Um, but when we when it's off, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's just like we're back home in Denver uh, playing at the playground because it's it's light. Um, we we are super competitive with each other and everybody around us, so it's fun and uh, it's spirited. But in the hit, it's no, nah, it's that's Coach Billups. I've been an assistant before. It's it's about service and. Uh, me trying to make him better every single day to make our guys better. So in turn, we all get the same thing out of it, and that's winning. So uh, it's been fun. It's 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 uh, it's been challenging at times, just because uh, I hate losing more than I like winning. So uh, it's 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 just a a, a simple like assistant coach to head coach uh, deal right now. You're a sports fan. Right. Fandom is such a, a big part of who we are. Fans in Rip City, you see how much they love the Trailblazers. You're always wearing different gear for your favorite teams. When when you were growing up, was there a team in a sport specifically where like that's my team? We've talked to Chauncey about it. He's talked about the Broncos. That's his team. What's your team? Well, I grew up a Bronco fan, obviously. Being in <laughs> in Denver, that's all you see is is Bronco country. So uh, this less ride stuff is brand new, but it's always been Bronco country. Uh, so blue and orange, we, we bleed that crush orange. Uh, but grew up a Nuggets fan, grew up a Rockies fan uh, in the 90s when they were really good. Uh, you know, when I was in high school or even grade school, like the the Rockies were brand new and we used to get free tickets to go to the games and sit out in the sun. Uh, so I became a Rockies fan uh, pretty early uh, but I'm, you know, Colorado Buffs fan. I, I want to see the Rams do well. I want to see all the college teams in Colorado do well. But I'm a homer. I'm a homer, man. And uh, I wore Avalanche game to the to the uh, Avalanche jersey to our game in Minnesota the other day, you know, just to rep. Like you know, we the Stanley Cup trophy is in Denver right yeah. now. Uh, so very very proud of of my my city and my teams. Was there a, a player that you looked up to? growing up or not even looked up to you like that that was your your favorite player that was your guy did you have a player like that in any sport in basketball in, in anything 
Yeah, there was a few. Uh, Chance's six and a half, seven years older than me, so uh, I got to see, you know, at a very young age, him as a good player. Um, so I, I looked up to him as an athlete, not only a brother, but as an athlete. But he was much bigger. You know, he was a, a quote-unquote big guard. Uh, I, I liked Isaiah Thomas. I liked Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf when he was a nugget. Um, I liked the small guys. Uh, so, I, you know, I kind of modeled my game and my pit pad after the small Big thanks guys to Rodney Bilbs for hanging out with me in the, the Section 113 podcast. Uh, and, you know, as Isaiah I talked with Rodney about the – Rodney the assistant Billups coaches don't, don't get a lot of face time. They don't podcast. really get seen. They're behind the scenes. Really appreciate the, the time, man. I know it's, but it's been Rodney a long trip. It's early. It's the, one the last couple of the days here. Thanks so much, man. Staff. Yeah, no, nah, no problem. Anytime Rodney is awesome. Me, just let me know. The day that he got to Portland, he has treated everybody well, and he's 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 an awesome guy to be around. We're definitely happy to have him on Coach Billups' staff. All right, Raptors and Blazers, Sunday, 1230 tip-off. Mike Lynch will have the pregame show for you at 1130 a.m., across the Trailblazers radio network and on our flagship station, 6.20 a.m. in the Portland area. Michael Holton and I will have the tip-off at 12.30, and then it is back home to face the Orlando Magic on Tuesday. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Section 113 podcast.